probably right about that one but horses that they, they they've been domesticated to do as they're told they have no free will they they are under your command they are slaves okay so don't tell me that you love them all right gee okay where was i <clears throat> the other day i saw a news report about a scared little sheep escaped a slaughter the comments like, oh, I'm so glad he survived. But last night they probably ate a shepherd's pie. Do you remember when that footballer got arrested? That poor little cat bought our hypocrisy was tested. Why do we care so much about a cat? But then we turn a blind eye when we have a Big Mac. I know it's hard to think of a world where My name's Harry, and welcome to Passing Through a Vegan Door. Sorry, I was just having a drink. This is not an ASMR um, podcast. Uh, I'm going to edit that out. (laughs) I hope you enjoyed that rendition. Um, It was to ease you into the episode because this is Farm Animals Part 2. And it might be quite uncomfortable to listen to if you're unaware of the things I'm going to talk about. But it's an important one to your journey to veganism. So today, we're going to continue our journey into the life of our favourite farmyard animals. I I started with a cow in part one because for me, finding out about the origin and production process of cow's milk was kind of a turning point for me. It was my epiphany into, whoa, what's going on? So I thought it seemed appropriate. And I was a big milk consumer 
you know, I was probably Cravendale's number one fan. That's where most of my um, salary went into. No, I'm only joking, but I, I did drink a lot of milk. So the kind of journey into finding different milk alternatives was, was really important to me. I even um, I even had a milkman or a milk lady, um, but it was when I had a house and I thought I was doing my bit for the economy and the environment by using reusable bottles, but I was unaware of the reality of it at the time. You know, if you pick an apple from a tree to give to your partner as a loving gift, but that action caused the tree to die and the forest to die and set on fire. Is your well-intended gesture now justifiable? Does the benefits outweigh the costs? If you listen to part one, you'll know that that's a rhetorical question. If you're still unsure of how you feel about it, if, if, um, you know, if you still really like cow's milk, but your moral compass is swaying you from one side to the other, um, I'd suggest that you go away and watch some clips um, of a baby calf being taken away from their mother and hear them cry as they're thrown into the back of a truck and you watch their mother run after the truck, perplexed as to why she spent nine months raising a baby inside of her for it to be taken away. You know, milk was one of the first things I cut out because of the environment, um, because of how bad the production and distribution of cow's milk is compared to things like oat milk. And I found out, you know, using animals is a very inefficient way of getting milk from plants. Another reason was I saw a few of these videos go viral of how these farmers treat their cows. They were beating them and dragging them about and you can hear these cows screaming. It was horrible. Um, My first reaction was, wow, why are these farmers treating these cows like that? You know, let these cows just make their milk and treat them nice. You know, I thought this was a one-time occurrence, but I didn't realise that this wasn't a one-time thing. You have to drag the calf away from its mother quickly because they don't like it, so it has to be done quickly. Otherwise, they'll they'll get angry and fight back, and it's better to do it quickly so we can take the milk and start making money. Um, you know, and there's videos of, of mother cows chasing after the trucks, you know, because it has a calf in it. Um, and it started making sense, you know, this is the reality of dairy farming. My friend Jess told me about another video the other day of... Basically, a a dairy cow was at the end of its life. It's been abused for everything it's got. It's got nothing left. And they just got a big truck or a tractor and just ran over it and killed it. And that was what her life was worth. When she told me about that, I couldn't help think of my dog Lucy, who died last year. Um... We adopted her uh, from a rescue when she was 17 and she was left in a 
an old warehouse or something after being abandoned. You know, she, she'd she been used for breeding her whole life. Um, her belly was, was disgusting. It, you can just tell she'd just been abused. And she'd just been left there to die because her owners didn't have any use for her anymore. In, in the same way as the, as the cow, she, she couldn't produce any more babies to sell uh, or, or, or profit from um, that process in any way. So in Lucy's case, she was, she was left to die in a warehouse. Luckily, um, Dogs for Rescue picked her up and then we fostered her and then we had her for a year until she unfortunately died. But she was, she was very old. She, and during that time, that, that year, we, we spent a lot of money on her for surgeries because she had cancer that was due to you know the excessive breeding that, that she was forced to do and when we posted pictures on Facebook and Instagram and, and told people about Lucy everyone was so empathetic and so emotional about this story and, and wanted to help and wished us the best of luck in, in her, her recovery and hope that she has a happy retirement. Hopefully we gave her that happy retirement but that's how society treats dogs but unfortunately under similar circumstances a mother cow doesn't receive the same empathetic response from society so she's run over and we move on to the next one i understand how it might be difficult to experience empathy for for some of the farm animals that i'll talk about today because you might have never seen them before. You could have been raised in a house with dogs um, in the city, but you've never seen any farm animals and can't comprehend a chicken to be in any other form other than covered in breadcrumbs and 11 herbs and spices. Or you might have even grown up on a farm and you've grown up with the understanding that animals are tools and they are put on God's green earth to serve us. Something that I didn't cover in the first one is I get a lot of questions saying I understand um, vegetarianism. I understand that you wouldn't want to eat the meat because the animal is killed. But I think veganism is a step too far. Why is drinking their milk bad? Because it doesn't it doesn't kill them, and we benefit from their byproduct. But if you listen to the first one, hopefully um, it makes a little bit more sense about how cows still die in the production of um, dairy farming. But what I usually say to that is, you know, taking the, the byproducts of these animals and, and exploiting them for these products is more harmful to the animal. Um, say you've got a cow uh, that is born into the world and as soon as it's big enough and old enough, we kill it and we eat it. So say it lives till two years old and then we kill it and we eat it. But a dairy cow, we will extend its life as long as possible and exploit it for as many years as possible. So instead of now dying at two, the lifespan is extended to six or seven, but those six or seven years are spent in a cage being forced to have babies constantly and with metal um, things on her udders and being abused and, and exploited for many, many years. And that's that's kind of the difference between vegetarianism and, and veganism. If you think about your dog, 
sat on your sofa, would you rather them be shot at two years old or have their lifespan extended another five, six years, um, but they're abused constantly and then they die anyway? It's the same outcome, but the conditions that they live under are, are quite different. And, and that's kind of the difference. And it's the same with chickens. I understand why you wouldn't want to eat a chicken, but why can't I just take the eggs? They're going to lay them anyway. You know, I'm not harming them. What's the problem? And that brings us to our second farmyard animal. I'm just having another drink. This is turning into a passing through an ASMR door now. Um, so, the next farmyard animal on the menu is a chicken. Now, just following on from what I was saying a minute ago, before the break, basically why vegans don't eat eggs. And using a similar scenario, um, so broiler chickens are a species of chicken that we've created, you know, specifically for meat. The most common method um, to kill these chickens are industrial sized blenders where they go on a conveyor belt and they're dropped into a big blender alive. Uh, they're also suffocated in industrial gas chambers. You might have seen them in them big factories and there's like a million of them all crammed in uh, one space um, and they're really big and fat. Uh, they're broiler chickens. So we raise them and fatten them up really, really quickly. Um, so they, they are born and they are slaughtered within six weeks, which is crazy. That's how fat they get in six weeks. It's, it's incredibly uh, inhumane to, to, to do that. But basically, broiler chickens live for six weeks, they get the head chopped off, and then they're eaten. And then you have chickens that are specifically reared for eggs. And I kind of used the example in the previous episode about how it's nice to think of cows in big open fields having a lovely life, um, and then they're eaten. And it's the same with chickens. You, you kind of imagine, especially things like free range, you imagine chickens just having a lovely day in a field with all their friends, um, and then once a day, they pop out an egg, and someone comes in and takes it, and that's it. They don't even know. Happy days. They're chilling. We benefit from an egg. Um, but unfortunately, again, that's not the case. So only females can produce eggs. So males are killed. So straight away, that's 50%. Of all chickens, they die because they're males. Every year, approximately 7 billion male chicks are killed shortly after hatching. So that's not great. But also, um, they, the, the, the chickens, they, they eat the eggs themselves in, in a way similar to, to cows. It's taking away what's theirs. And th their value as an individual is, is what they can provide to us. We don't adopt a dog on the basis that it will provide us with a service unless it's like a, a sheepdog or something but but that's another thing to talk about so when we do that it becomes a product like a fridge or a car if it doesn't work you get rid of it you replace it that's what happens if the chicken stops laying eggs does a chicken lose its value to you 
when it can no longer provide that service? You know, for a lot of people, the answer is yes, and that's when it stops becoming an individual and it becomes uh, it becomes a product, becomes an ingredient. You know, we we don't stop our pets from carrying out their natural instincts as well. You know, in fact, we encourage it with with toys and we take them to to dog classes to um, stimulate them. And we encourage this behavior. You know, there's there's entire industries around maintaining the cognitive functions of pets. So why why do we deny that for other animals? Going back to free range, uh, because that's kind of a greenwashing strategy where where you know you go into Tesco and there's loads of eggs. This one says caged, and this one says free range. So in order to alleviate your, your guilt you buy free range um oh you know it's it's an extra it's an extra 5p but i want to feel good about myself so so we buy free range thinking that the chickens that produce these eggs have a nice life but again unfortunately that's not the case the the definition the, the legal definition of free range just means they have more space than the minimum space it doesn't mean that they live in a field so the minimum legal requirement that needs to be provided to a chicken is approximately 19 chickens per square meter. Okay, to put that in perspective, per chicken, that's less floor space than an A4 piece of paper. To be classed as free range, it just needs to be anything larger than an A4 piece of paper. Unfortunately, 95% of chickens are factory farmed, while only 5% are, are free range or organic, whatever that is. These are individuals, they, they are sentient beings who, who are aware of their surroundings and experience emotions similar to our own. You know, would you want that life for your own pets? To live in a factory? And all you have is an A4 piece of paper to stand on. Also, just before I move on from eggs, I'm sure you're sick of me talking about eggs. People say, what about backyard eggs? You know, I have some chickens in my back garden and if they lay an egg and they leave it there, why can't I just take it and eat it? In terms of coming from a, a vegan standpoint, um, why is that chicken there? A chicken is there because you've paid for it from someone who breeds them into the world to, to, to serve you as a, as a purpose. It's the same reason why uh, vegans oppose buying dogs, because we're, we're breeding these dogs and selling them um, to, to, to provide us with a service. You know, the, the idea behind veganism is to, to release, you know, your grip on the animal. You know, they're, they're not there to provide us with a direct service that they're an animal on the same planet that we live on. And when you purchase a female chicken, there is a male chicken somewhere that has died because people won't buy males because they don't provide the eggs. So it's, it's more of the, the process, uh, you know, the bigger picture rather than day to day, them having a nice time in your garden. It's just, just kind of seeing it from, from that angle. But also, <laughs> I mean, an egg is a chicken period. So, it, I mean, it's pretty weird to eat anyway. Also, it's not healthy 
for you, you know, a study came out that um, not too long ago that I read that eating one egg a day is equivalent to smoking five cigarettes a day. You know, this is a real study. You can go and read it um, because it causes things like heart disease. Um, same with eating meat and it causes high blood pressure uh, because of cholesterol. Um, it blocks up the blood vessels. Um, you know, cholesterol only exists in animals. You know, it doesn't exist in plants. So, um, you know, why would the natural world exist in such a way that the food that we eat to survive slowly kills us instead of making us stronger and healthier? But I'll talk about the health aspect of veganism in another episode. Our next animal on the menu is a pig. I remember watching a program on Channel 4. I can't remember what it's called, but basically the idea of the show is that you get different families who are big meat eaters. Um, not just, you know, a ham sandwich here and there. They were meat eaters. So, you know, three meals a day. They, they lived and breathed it, right? They love it. And Channel 4 comes to them and they bring them a farmyard animal. So a pig or a goat or a chicken or a lamb. I think there was a lamb in an episode. And they have to look after them for two or three weeks. And they come in and they set the garden up to, to house uh, whatever animal they, they were given. And at the end of the two, three weeks, they have to decide whether to kill and eat the animal or give up eating meat. You know, the idea of the show is that they, they develop an emotional attachment and they, they see the animal agriculture business for, for what it is and they decide to give up meat. You, you got a few episodes that were like that and kind of and it saw that, you know, their children were playing with this baby piglet the same way they played with their dog and, and start to make, make those connections that, you know, we've named this pig now, we can't eat it. Uh, but also you get the families who just, yep, boom, and then they they have it for tea the next night. But just this one episode really sticks in my head, and they, they got these two piglets. They had, um, the family had two children, and they developed a real strong kind of emotional attachment to them. And, and when I watched this, I, I wasn't vegan. It, it was something that kind of um, opened my mind a little bit. I thought it was a good program, you know. Pigs are very intelligent animals. That their, their cognitive abilities um, exceed dogs. You know, pigs are. I think it's the fifth most intelligent animal in the world, and have a lot of similar characteristics as as, as dogs. Um, I mean, we've bred them in similar ways. You know, you might think, oh, you know, but I don't like pigs because they're big and fat and smelly. Well. You know, they're only big and fat and ugly because we've made them that way. We, we fatten them up, keep them in, in not very nice conditions that affect their appearance and their smell. You know, we could do the exact same thing with dogs, fatten them up and eat them. But we, we don't. I don't know if you remember when it was the Winter Olympics in Korea. Uh, 2014, maybe? Um... So in, in Korea, if you're not aware, they eat dogs. There is a dog meat trade over there. 
And when people in the Western world started to find this out, there was uproar, you know, there was talk of boycotting the Olympics because they eat dogs. How horrific is that? Um, And there were even people who would go over there and rescue dogs from the dog trade and they, they were seen as heroes in the Western world. But yet we do the exact same thing with pigs. It's crazy. It's crazy. Um, it's just something to think about. These people were seen as heroes for rescuing dogs from the dog uh, meat trade in Korea, but then they'll they'll come home um, as heroes and have a sausage putty. It just reminded me. I was in I was in the car with my mum not too long ago, and uh, we were driving down, and then suddenly in the middle of the road was. Uh, was some ducks. It was a mother duck and her children had just been born. And my mum screamed and said, Oh, oh no. And we stopped and we waited for them to go past. But they were struggling in the road. You know, you you could see they're just trying to cross. And my mum was really upset. She was really concerned about the well-being of these ducks. And we drove off and she said, I hope they're all right. I hope they make it. I hope they they succeed in their journey of crossing the road and and live happily ever after. But a a duck is just a bird. But she'll happily eat chicken and not think about whether that chicken had children or was able to cross a road. Okay, going back to pigs. Um, A pig is the first animal that that isn't... um, you know, a multi-purpose animal. You know, we don't really use um, we don't use the milk or, or the skin really. Um, we use like the the snout and and a few other bits, but we mainly breed them for for the meat trade and, and we kill them and eat them. And they're killed in similar ways to to chickens and in, in that they're shoved into gas chambers or or they have their throat slit and hung up by their feet. Speaking of multi-purpose animals, um, we have a sheep. Now, sheep are killed for meat in in similar ways. That's what we call lamb. But also, we raise sheep for wool. That's why I don't buy any clothes that are made from wool. Because the production of those clothes means that an animal has been exploited for those materials. And the reason for that is because taking that wool from a sheep is very harmful. It's not like giving them a haircut. It's shearing their whole body right down to the skin until it bleeds. You know, the more wool we can obtain from a sheep, the more profit it will provide. If you think about when you take your dog to the groomers and how distressed they might become, you know, it's the same thing, except when a sheep has been sheared, they don't get a treat and a nice warm bed at the end of the day. They're probably shipped off and sold for meat. But also, these sheep that we take wool from, it's not a natural process. You know, I I read a lot of things that say we're doing the sheep a favour because the wool would just continue to grow and they would just be a big marshmallow and they wouldn't be able to live their lives. We're doing them a favour. Yes, us. But no, we've bred these particular sheep in a way that produces as much wool as possible where it does become 
a detriment to the health of the sheep that they're, they're bred to be like that so yeah when you're watching good morning britain and a farmer is having a debate with a vegan and they say oh we love our sheep you know we really look after them just you know have another think of why they probably say that and it's because they're making money maybe have a think about next time you go to the shop to buy a new jumper just see what it's made of so you can see how it got put on that hanger and if anyone had to suffer to get it there i hope that's provided a little bit of an insight into some of the farm animals um that we have in our world because we've put them there so maybe when you're taking your child or, or your nephew or, or someone to the local farm to take pictures and put them on Facebook, think about why they're there and what they go through on a daily basis after you've taken that picture and maybe avoid getting a Big Mac from the drive through after taking a picture with a cow. I'll hopefully do another episode in the future all about fish. In the meantime, if you're interested in finding more about how farm animals are treated and, and kind of the reality of it, I'd suggest watching documentaries like Cowspiracy and Earthlings. And there's a new one called Eating Our Way to Extinction um, by Leonardo DiCaprio. And it's it, that's more the environmental aspect, but it's still uh, very interesting. And it makes you think. And thinking is good. Because when you think, you learn more about yourself and where your moral compass lies and hopefully it swings to the right way and you can make a positive change. Because when you go vegan, you're saving these animals from the life of animal agriculture. Thanks for listening. Here, the idea of personal change is to sacrifice something to give something up. You're brave enough to do that.